And today we're going to go actually to Psalm 77. Psalm chapter 77 is where we're going to be looking at this morning. Uh, we are still continuing on in our series, Learning to Lament, and studying what it means to, to lament in our pain and in our struggle with the Lord. Uh, but we're going to take a little break from the book of Lamentations to look at a couple different psalms of lament and what we can learn from these psalms, specifically how we lament. What is the process for lament uh, and its pieces to it? And so we're going to start today with the first part of that, which is simply to turn to God in prayer. Turning to God in prayer. And uh, we're going to look at that from Psalm 77. Um, so we have three little girls. Um, some of you have met them. Um, and our middle one, Karis, our middle daughter, um, when she came into this world, she came in screaming and crying so loud that I thought she was dying. Like, that's, that's what it sounded like in the room. In fact, the nurse that, like, took her over, you know, like, clean them up before they bring them back to you, like, she's over there, and she's like, wow, she's loud, which, which is not what you want to hear from a labor and delivery nurse. Or like, like, they're around babies all the time. And uh, we're like, we're taking home this child that's going to, to ruin our lives. Because she was loud. But it's really, it's really true for all babies, right? All babies come into this world crying and screaming. Have you noticed that? Like, nobody has to teach them how to do that. <laughs> like, nobody has to teach us how to cry. Because crying is just part of what it means to be human. Right? It's just... It's just innate in us. It's a response that we have to pain and hardship and struggles. But, but as we go through life, we quickly learn that crying is not a sufficient answer to our pain, to our struggles. Right? Like After a while, it becomes very clear that that's not really enough to get us through whatever it might be. We need more than that. And that's where we get to the idea of lament. Now, lament, let's look it up in the dictionary. Lament can be defined as a loud cry of mourning or a passionate expression of grief. Okay? So, a loud cry, that's, that's what we're talking about here. But in the Bible, lament is actually more than that. It goes beyond just a loud cry. Here, I've been talking to you guys several weeks now about this book by Mark Rogop, um, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. And here's how he defines lament in the book. He says this. He says, lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. A prayer in pain that leads to trust. You see, we're not, when we cry, we're not just crying out into the abyss. Right? We're not just crying out and simply venting our pain. Lament, biblically speaking, is a specific cry. It's a prayer cry to the Lord in faith and belief that he's going to respond and, and do something to help us in our pain. Some people think of lament as the opposite of praise, right? Like praise is the happy stuff, lament is the sad stuff. But actually lament is the path that we take to get back to praise from our pain. It's, it's a bridge between the pain of life and the promises of God. And so today, we're going to start to study the four parts, say four parts, four parts of biblical lament. Turn, complain, ask, 
and trust. TCAT. I know that doesn't actually spell anything, but if it helps you, okay? Turn, complain, ask, trust. We're going to take one week to explore each one of these components. And we're going to put them together to learn how to lament in a way that brings us closer to the Lord. We're going to learn how each one of these parts is going to move us from heartbreak to hope. And we're going to use several psalms to do this. Psalms of lament. Did you know that approximately one-third of the book of Psalms, one-third of the psalms are laments? Think about that for a second. One-third of the Jewish worship book were songs of lament. That tells me that this is like an important piece. Right? This is an important component to how we walk with the Lord and how we worship Him. It's something that we need to learn how to be walking if we're going to be faithful to follow the Lord in this life. So here's the big thought today as we talk about turn to God. Turning to God and lament is my faith's answer to the tears of despair. Turning to God and lament is my faith's answer to the tears of despair. So go ahead and look at Psalm 77, verse 1, and we'll jump in. It says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. So the first point I want you to see in Psalm 77 is this, that lament is turning to God in faith-filled prayer. Lament means turning to God in faith-filled prayer. He starts off, he says, I cry aloud to God, and he will hear me. Do you hear the faith in that statement? Right? I'm, I'm praying, I'm crying out to God because I believe that he hears. It takes faith to lament. Because without faith in God, why pray? Right? Like if you don't actually believe that he's there, if you don't believe that he's listening, that he will respond, then why waste your time? Right? Like it's, it's worthless if God is unfaithful, if God is absent, if God is not willing to move, then lament makes no sense. Some people think about lament as like a lack of faith. Because in lament, you're, you're, you're crying out to God for help, you're, you're, you're complaining, you're, it's almost like you, you don't believe in him for a moment, but it's actually the opposite of that. Lament is not a lack of faith, but rather it's the exercise of our faith through prayer when the pain is just overwhelming. It's being willing to believe again, to hope again, rather than just sit in silence. Sitting in silence before God in pain, the lack of faith. And that pain then leads me to despair because I don't believe that God's really going to do anything about it. Despair says to me, if God doesn't care, then why pray? But prayerful lament is always better than silent despair. it shows that I still have faith. The psalmist here in Psalm 77, he is in pain for sure, 
We're going to see it very clearly as we read through this. He is in pain, but he is not silent. He is praying rather than sulking. As I've studied this some, as I've talked to other people, as I've pastored through the years, I think a lot of people are afraid of lament. Because they think it's too open. It's too honest. It's too, it's too risky to talk to God like that. Right? Like, to really tell him why I'm mad and what I'm feeling and, and to kind of shake my fist at God like that. Like, that's risky, it feels like. But you... You know what's more risky? Giving God the silent treatment. You want to get into a really scary, risky place in your faith? Then shut off all communication with God. That's the bigger risk. He can handle your prayers. He can handle your feelings. He can handle your fears and your concerns and your hard questions. He can handle all of that as long as you keep turning to him in prayer. Silence in the face of sorrow is a death sentence to faith. When you're overcome with the grief, with the sorrow, with the pain, silence will slowly eat away and kill your faith. You have to speak. You have to turn to God in prayer. I saw this firsthand. I, um, I shared earlier on in our series how when I was younger, my parents got a divorce. And for me, that was a major point of pain and sorrow in my life where I really started to wrestle with God, really started to question God on some things. But, but I wasn't the only one who was affected by that. Like anybody who's been through that, you know, it, it, it ripples out to everyone. And, and it greatly affected my dad's faith as well. I've, I've heard him tell his testimony, his story many times of how he went from being a pastor one day to throwing his Bible in the box and w- completely walking away from God the next day. Because he was so hurt, he was so mad, he was so grief-stricken by the whole thing that he just, he just cut God off. He was just silent. And as a result, he spent years in despair and in pain before finally turning back to God. I've heard lots of stories from Christians who, for various reasons, stopped speaking to God. Either they're, they're disappointed that God didn't answer some prayer that they thought he should have answered, or they're just mad about the unfair circumstances in their life. And they just, they just go silent. Because they stop believing that God is there and that he really cares about what's going on in their life. And that he will do something about it if they turn to him. But the one thing that I see over and over again is that silence in the midst of pain ushers them into a spiritual desert. It puts us in a, in a wilderness that just slowly starves our faith. Friends, that's not the answer you're looking for. If you're in pain, if you're in sorrow, if you're struggling today, silence is not 
the path you want. Prayerful lament is what you need. Lament keeps faith alive by turning to God in prayer. It keeps my faith going even when I feel like, what's the point? So the first thing we see from the psalm here is that if we're going to really walk in faith, we have to turn to God with faith-filled prayer. But then there's more. Look at verse 2. He goes on, he says, In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. Selah. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. Point number two is this. Lament is turning to God with honest struggle. This is kind of the hardest part, I think, for a lot of people when it comes to lament, is just being honest with God about what you're thinking and feeling. The psalmist, he says, I seek the Lord, but my soul refuses to be comforted. In other words, I'm praying but it's not working. It just feels like the prayers are like bouncing off the ceiling and coming right back at me, right? He, he's not finding the immediate relief. He's not finding the comfort. He's not finding the resolution that he longs for in his prayers. Anybody ever felt that before? Anybody ever felt like you're praying and it's just going nowhere? See, the thing we have to understand about lament is it's not a magical formula. It's not this magic formula to erase our pain or to solve the problem or to fix things in the moment. Lament is persistent prayer based in the hope that one day God will answer. That might be today, it might be tomorrow, it might be months or years from now, but one day God will answer. And so I keep turning to God in prayer. Look at verse 7. He goes on with this honest struggle before the Lord. He says, Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Those are some big questions. And I think many of us have come to understand that big pain brings big questions. He fires off these six big rhetorical questions to the Lord about his pain. And I, they're, they're kind of questions. They're like halfway questions. But they're also like halfway protests. Right? Do you hear it? Do you see it? Right? Like, He's kind of asking, but he's also kind of like shaking his fist at God a little bit. Like he wants God to answer. He wants God to step in. He wants God to make things right. Like, God, do you not see this? Come on. It's that kind of question. And so I think we have to ask as we look at questions like this, like is he truly doubting God? Is that what this is? Is he struggling to really believe that God is who he says he is? Is this what he really thinks about God? 
I don't think so. As we move deeper into the psalm, I think you're going to see that that's not necessarily the case, but this is, these questions reveal what he feels at the moment. It's the honest posture of his heart. He knows it's not true, but it feels true today. Have you been there? You know better, but your heart's not listening. It still feels this way. And so he takes it to the Lord. He turns to God with this honest plea for help. He is asking because he has faith that God has a better answer than his feelings. That there's something on the other side that's going to correct what's going on in his heart. There's a family that we're close to that have been just going through a really difficult season um, the last couple years now. And, um, and despite their best efforts to reconcile, they still have some relationships in their family that are strained, even severed. And as we've walked with them through this time, through this season, they've had some really big, ugly, hairy questions. And rightly so. And as we've been walking with them and praying with them diligently that God would come, that he would reconcile this relationship, that he would get it right, that he would fix it. Even though we've been praying that for months and years now, he has yet to do it. And there have been times where we'll get together for prayer or just sharing or whatever, and, and we'll say, well, how's it going with that? And they'll say, well, it's, it's still the same thing. Over and over again, same thing. Nothing's changed. It's just the same in fact, you know what, like, I, we prayed about this so much, like, we don't need to do this again, like, let's just not, like, let's just move on to something else, it's just getting to be too much, we, we don't have to pray about this again, and we're like, in, in that moment, we respond, no, absolutely not, we're going to pray about this again, and again, and again, and again, in faith that one day, God will answer. We have to keep turning to God because we believe, we have faith that he will respond. We believe that he has a better answer than our feelings in that moment. And that goes for all of us. When we find ourselves in this place of deep sorrow and struggle and pain, Keep praying. Keep praying through the pain in faith that God will answer one day. That's what lament does. Lament doesn't let the feelings win. We keep turning. Keep praying until God responds. One more thing. Look here at verse 10. The psalmist goes on, he says, Then I said, I will appeal to this, 
to the years of the right hand of the Most High. Point number three this morning is lament is turning to God with hope in the gospel. He says, then I will appeal. Then is the key word, right? Then is the shift in the psalm, in the prayer. It's the, the but, it's the, uh, it's the yet, it's the there's still something else coming. That he believes that. He's turning from his feelings to facts, to what he knows to be true about the Lord. Look what he says. He First, he appeals to God's character. Look at verse 10 again. He says, then I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. You know what the right hand symbolizes? The right hand is the hand of power and strength and might. He's claiming, God, I know that you are a powerful and strong God, and I will believe in that today. He goes on in verse 13. He says, your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the holy and the great God. You can fix this. Verse 14, you are the God who works wonders. The wonder-working God can come and intervene in my situation. He says, you have made known your might among the peoples. He says, I'm going to keep praying because I believe that God is who he says he is. And then he appeals not only to God's character, but also to God's history, to his track record. Look at verse 11. He says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord, what he has done. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. You have proven yourself time and time again, God. You have done it over and over and over, and I believe that you're going to do it again. Verse 15, he says, you with your arm redeemed your people the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the psalmist is struggling, when he is deep in his pain, when he is deep in his sorrow, he remembers what is true of God despite the pain, despite the questions, despite the struggle. He goes back to what he knows. You see, lament is only possible if you know and believe that God is good. It only works if you're willing to dare to hope in something bigger, in something better, in a God who will show up. Again, Mark, Pastor Mark Brogop in his book, he writes this, he says, hurting people are given permission to grieve. Just in case you were wondering this morning, if you're hurting, if you're struggling, you have permission to grieve. Sometimes our world and our culture wants, us, wants to rush us and push us and get us past grief as quickly as possible. But God says, no, no, you have permission to grieve. But, he says, not aimlessly or selfishly. The biblical language of lament is able to redirect weeping people to what is true despite the valley that they're walking we need God's word. We need the language of lament that he gives us throughout the Psalms to help us reorient our hearts and our minds in the midst of our grief. To help us turn. Look at the end of the Psalm, verse 19. He kind of brings it to a climax here and he says, Your way was through the sea. 
your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. He's making a reference here. He says, your way was through the sea. You led your people. He's taking them all the way back to the biggest moment of salvation and deliverance that Israel ever experienced from the hand of God when he took them out of Egypt, the great exodus from Pharaoh, and he's parted the Red Sea, and they crossed on dry land. And he saved his people. The psalmist is saying, I remember, I remember what you did, Lord. And so I have hope that you're going to do it again. For the Israelites, they had their salvation. They had their greatest example of God's faithfulness and love. They had that in the Red Sea. For us as the church today, for those who are followers of God today, we have that in the cross of Christ. That is our moment. That is our big climax of salvation and redemption and rescue. The cross is our place where we go with all of our pain, with all of our struggle. Because it proves to us a time and again God's faithfulness. It proves God's love towards us. It proves his goodness. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That he made the first move. We didn't earn that. We didn't prove ourselves to God. And he's like, okay, now I'll love you. God came to us. He came for us. We were separated from God. We were lost in our sin, destined for hell, deserving of his wrath with no way to fix it. And so God, in his grace, stepped down into human history. He came and he made himself like us. He took on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ and he walked this earth only to the end of his life to give it as a sacrifice to pay for our sins. To cover our iniquities. To be a substitute for you and me. He took all of our sin and all of the wrath and all the death that we deserved and he gave us life. And grace and righteousness. And he hung on that cross in our place, and then he was buried. And three days later, he rose back to life to prove that he was God and to offer us forgiveness for all who would believe. The cross is the place we go when we're in pain, when we're struggling, when we have sorrow, because the cross reminds us that God is for us, not against us. That he is the one who brings us through the fire. This is why we turn to God in our greatest times of pain and grief. Because we know the hope that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have faith in him that not only for us, that will he carry us, will he sustain us, but we have hope that one day all the pain and all the sorrow and all the grief will be washed away. And we'll have nothing but bliss in the presence of our God and our Savior for all eternity.
Lament points us to the hope of the cross. Silence leads to despair, but lament leads to hope in Jesus. That's what we need, all of us. No matter what you're going through, no matter how big the pain is, no matter how overwhelmed by grief you are, the answer is the same. The hope of Jesus Christ. There have been two different points in our marriage where um, Courtney found herself in just extreme pain and extreme grief. One was when she was suffering some some extended persecution at a workplace and struggling to, to hold up underneath that. The other was when she went through her cancer treatments and just the, the physical and emotional pain and struggle of all that. But in, in both of those instances, there came a point where she no longer had any words to say to God. Like she just didn't have anything left she, she couldn't bring herself to pray anymore, but she knew prayer was what she needed. She knew that the silence with God wasn't an option, even though she couldn't come up with the words. And so she, she would ask me to pray over her. She would ask me to pray for her and with her because she, she needed someone else's words to lament on her behalf. Maybe you've been there too. Maybe you're there right now. You know you need to turn to God. You know you want to turn to God. You just don't know what to say. Like you don't have the words anymore. So I would encourage you in times like that, ask someone. Find a way. Don't go silent. Find a way to turn to God. Ask a spouse to pray for you. Ask a friend to pray with you. Ask a small group member to pray for you. Get somebody who can pray with you and for you. Or better yet, open up God's word. Turn to one of the Psalms of Lament. Turn to Psalm 77 and use God's word as your own prayer to the Lord. He's given us these tools so that we can have the words when we can't find them in ourselves. But don't go silent. Keep turning to God. Faith-filled lament is always better than silent despair. Even if you have to read it off of a page, even if you have to get somebody else to do it for you, lament, faith-filled prayer is always better than silent despair. Keep turning Turning to God and lament is my faith's answer to the tears of despair. Whatever pain or grief or struggle that you're feeling today, I just want to encourage you. I, I, this is not a lecture. I'm not trying to, to shame you in any way. If you're struggling to pray, please do not feel any shame or guilt on that. We're all human. We've all been there. But I do want to encourage you. I want to press you. Find a way to keep turning to God. 
Don't give up. Don't go silent. Even if you have to say some hard things. Even if you have to be honest with God and just talk to Him and ask the hard questions and and say the hard statements, you can do that. It's okay. That shows faith that God is still there and that He's still listening. It actually proves that you want Him to answer. Just don't be silent. Turn to God. Let Him fill you with even more faith and hope. Right in the middle of the pain. Will you stand with me? We're going to pray. We're just going to respond to the Lord this morning and let Him fill us with His faith once again. Heavenly Father, God, we just bow before you today. Dear God, you, you are so good to us. Heavenly Father, I believe that there are many in this room who are struggling, who are hurting this morning. They have physical pain. They have emotional pain. They have spiritual pain. They have relational pain. God, there are so many things in this world, Lord, that come against us. I pray right now, Lord, for that person who feels lost, who feels alone, who feels like they're drowning in despair. God, right now, speak through your Holy Spirit, God. Speak to their hearts. Call them back to hope. Call them back to faith in you, God. Give them the strength to turn. God, help them to turn to you with their pain, with their struggles, with their grief. Lord, meet them right there in the midst of it. God, we know that you are good. We know that you are faithful. We know, Christ, that you came to make a way for us to rescue us from our sin, to rescue us from our suffering. Lord, give us the faith to believe it again afresh today. Lord, fill us. Give us the faith that we need to keep turning to you. We pray all this in Christ's name.